As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Like death and taxes, video game sequels are one of life's absolute certainties. But the pressure that falls upon the developer of a successful game is unmistakable to deliver a sequel that's at least as good as its predecessor, if not significantly better. And though the likes of Rockstar Games and Naughty Dog have constantly one-upped themselves with each new sequel release, the history of the medium is filled with sequels which botched their attempts to deliver a rich new experience. I'm Jess from What Culture, and here are 10 video game sequels that made everything worse. Number 10. Resident Evil 6 After Resident Evil 4 thoroughly revitalized the survival horror franchise with its over-the-shoulder combat and more expansive locations, Resident Evil 5 began pivoting the series further towards action while de-emphasizing the horror aspect. Resident Evil 6 then saw Capcom commit fully to a new era for the new franchise, where genuine atmosphere and terror was bafflingly scarce, replaced with comically over-the-top Michael Bay-esque set pieces that left little lasting impression. Add to this a bloated single-player mode comprised of of several overextended mini-campaigns, and the result is a game that simply strayed too far from the rejuvenating brilliance of RE4. While Leon's campaign at least attempted to pay homage to Resident Evil's earlier years, the game as a whole feels uneven and schizophrenic, and is in turn unlikely to fully satisfy either the action or horror crowds. On the plus side, its divisiveness eventually led Capcom to give the series a soft reboot with the brilliant Resident Evil 7, which by returning to its survival horror roots and radically unfolding from a first-person perspective was a game-changer for the better. Number 9. Prince of Persia – Warrior Within there's actually a rather fun game nestled somewhere inside of Prince of Persia Warrior Within, the follow-up to the much-loved franchise reboot The Sands of Time. Warrior Within is a baffling project for many reasons, most of all that despite releasing barely a year after The Sands of Time, Ubisoft decided to take the sequel in a drastically different direction. The result is surely one of the most aggressively early 2000s video games ever made. A self-consciously edgy game touting a new grim dark style and tone, complete with an emo-baiting redesign for the prince, and the 
the addition of gory new finishing moves. In a decision that's aged like milk, Ubisoft also adorned Warrior Within with a metal soundtrack, including use of Godsmack's I Walk Alone during the game's chase sequences. Between all this and the needlessly sexualized characters Kylina and Shadi, Warrior Within is what happens when executives decide they want their game to appeal to angsty hormonal teens, despite the previous games being a commercial juggernaut on its own merits. Mercifully, the next game in the series, The Two Thrones, achieved a more suitable compromise between the swashbuckling of the sands of time and the more atmospheric darkness of Warrior Within. Number 8. Halo 5 Guardians Though many fans hoped that Halo 5 Guardians would cement 343 Industries as the confident caretakers of the FPS franchise following the slightly uneven Halo 4, it sadly only further shook faith in their ability to deliver a product worthy of the namesake. Despite being marketed on the strength of a campaign which would pit Master Chief against Spartan Locke, the bulk of the single-player mode shoves Chief to the sidelines, while even the highly anticipated showdown with Locke is a massive anti-climax. Many fans also took umbrage with both the addition of Iron Sights and and the portrayal of Cortana, which was perceived as inconsistent with previous depictions. Then we get to the multiplayer, which has always been the reliable meat and potatoes of the Halo franchise, and yet which was infested with microtransaction nonsense. While 343 also made the decision to eliminate the popular split-screen multiplayer mode entirely, the moment-to-moment -moment gunplay is still fun enough that it'd be unfair to call Halo 5 bad, but it nevertheless represented the series at its most utterly pedestrian and uninspired. Hopefully Hopefully the upcoming Halo Infinite might cause correct things, though given its evidently rickety development and quasi-open-world presentation, it could very well be another disappointing misstep. Number 7. Devil May Cry 2 Though it originally started out as a prototype version of Resident Evil 4, the original Devil May Cry was ultimately very much its own beast, a deliriously entertaining character action masterpiece which introduced the world to silver-haired demon hunter Dante. Expectations were through the roof then for the sequel, no matter that Capcom rushed it to market less than 18 months later. Despite this expedited development cycle, Devil May Cry 2 was a shockingly marked departure from its predecessor, with both the combat and puzzle systems being significantly simplified for a more casual audience, while the original's famous difficulty was also massively nerfed. The environments lacked the ornate quality of the first game, the set pieces were less refined, and perhaps worst of all, Dante's signature cocky chatterbox routine was severely reined in. Even the decision to introduce a second protagonist on a separate disc, Lucia, felt half-baked, given that it so thoroughly retrod everything from the Dante missions. Thankfully, DMC2 proved to be a minor blip in the grand scheme of things, as Devil May Cry 3 restored basically everything missing from its predecessor, and the series has been flying high ever since. Number 6. Tomb Raider – The Angel of Darkness Though it's right to say that the Tomb Raider series began to spin its wheels around the turn of the millennium, it wasn't until the release of 2003's The Angel of Darkness that those wheels fell off entirely. Developers Core Design, who were clearly thoroughly fatigued at having produced annual Tomb Raider games between 96 and 2000, nevertheless endeavoured to make their first outing on PS2 hardware a far cry from the series' formula. The hope was that The Angel of Darkness could compete with more modern action-adventure games by touting a grittier, more cinematic style. In 
introducing RPG elements such as interactive NPCs, offering a greater emphasis on stealth a la Metal Gear Solid, and even a second playable character, Curtis Trent. Yet due to the game's infamously roughshod development, it ended up being littered with bugs, forced players to contend with a terrible camera, and was basically an ambitious yet failed attempt to move the series forward. As a result, the Tomb Raider IP was put on ice for the next few years, and only fully regained its popular footing with Crystal Dynamics' Uncharted-esque reboot in 2013. Number 5. Spyro – Enter the Dragonfly you couldn't really go wrong with the original Spyro the Dragon trilogy, after which developers Insomniac Games moved on to the Ratchet & Clank series, leaving the fourth Spyro game, Enter the Dragonfly, to be helmed by lesser-known studios, Check 6 Studios, and Equinox Digital Entertainment. Still, how bad could it be, right? Pretty bad, as it turns out. Enter the Dragonfly wasn't just a crushing disappointment, it was the pure antithesis of the joyous, intelligent craft present in the original trilogy. Even if you could forgive the short playtime and scant amount of content, the level design lacked the nuance of its predecessors, the frame rate was wildly inconsistent, the controls were weirdly unresponsive, and it was full of bugs. This basically felt like a pale shade of what came before, with Insomniac president Ted Price even calling it an absolute travesty, and referring to Spyro as an abused stepchild. Woof. Much like Tomb Raider, Spyro's transition to the next generation of games hardware presented challenges that the development team simply wasn't able to resolve. As a result, a planned sequel was cancelled, and the series fell out of mainstream popularity until the release of 2018's Reignited Trilogy. Number 4. Mass Effect Andromeda as much as Mass Effect 3's release was met with a fierce fan backlash, that had little to do with the core gameplay, but rather Bioware's inability to provide fans with a satisfyingly fluid, branching ending as originally promised. And so, the inevitable fourth game didn't really need to give the series a major makeover or readjustment. But that didn't stop Bioware from making Mass Effect Andromeda a bold step away from the existing formula. Though distancing itself from the events and characters in the prior trilogy wasn't inherently a bad thing, Bioware ultimately failed to populate Andromeda with a cast of characters that were nearly as interesting as Commander Shepard and co. The most radical change from the first three games, however, was the addition of open-world-style gameplay. While a natural fit for the expansive Mass Effect universe ended up feeling more blandly generic than truly lived in. Elsewhere, many players were frustrated with the myriad of bugs and, of course, the infamously terrible facial animations apparent upon launch. Andromeda isn't a bad game, all things considered. The combat's pretty solid, for one but it is a solid step down from its three predecessors, smacking of another developer basically trying to create an imitation Mass Effect game. Given that Bioware tapped their Montreal outfit to lead development, rather than the Edmonton team who made the original trilogy, it's not terribly surprising that it made players feel this way, or that its production was massively troubled. Number 3. Driver the original Driver is one of the PS1's most beloved video games, for those who could actually make it past that infuriating opening driving test level anyway. Driver 2 didn't reach the same heights despite including positively ambitious on-foot functionality, yet it was a solid enough sequel for the most part. Then came the obnoxiously monikered threequel Driver, where the E is replaced with a 3, which, like the aforementioned Tomb Raider and Spyro games, marked the series' big leap onto next-gen hardware. Despite the power of the PS2 and Xbox, however, Driver was an absolute shambles of a game, not only making on-foot action a bigger part of the experience, but also introducing gunplay in a desperate attempt to capture a slice of the Grand Theft Auto fanbase. Sadly, the gunplay was rancid and only kept players at arm's length from the only really fun 
fun part of the game, the driving, while also demonstrating how generally joyless it was to behold. Had it been executed correctly, Driver could have catapulted the franchise to new heights, but instead cratered it into the earth, such that it's endured a mere moderate curiosity ever since. Number 2. Dead Space 3 the original Dead Space was one of the most innovative and unforgettable survivor horror games of its generation. While the sequel served up a brilliantly balmy rollercoaster ride of stomach-noddingly intense action. However, Dead Space 3 ended up basically pulling a Resident Evil 6 by venturing too far from the series' horror roots and placing a far greater emphasis on action schlock, including, oddly, human enemies, which while fun to a point, lacked the gut-wrenching atmosphere of the two prior games. Again, like Resident Evil 6, the threequel is a distended, wildly overlong experience, and though the optional co-op adds a neat enough wrinkle, EA's decision to plug microtransaction nonsense into the game's crafting system was met with justifiably intense backlash from the fanbase. Dead Space 3 isn't awful by any means, but it is a sequel that jettisoned the soul of its predecessors. Number 1. Dynasty Warriors 9 even the most casual Dynasty Warriors fan knows that the series hasn't ever been much for evolution. You pretty much know exactly what you're going to get in each new installment, and that's basically fine. But 2018's ninth game made the shock move to dispense slightly with the hack and slash formula by introducing an open world, with players able to freely traverse a map of China as they saw fit. There were far worse ideas for the future of Dynasty Warriors, honestly, but the end result was a predictably cynical attempt to cash in on the popularity of open world games today. And so Dynasty Warriors 9's open world was bereft of life, packed to the gills with generic missions, collectathon busywork, and somnambulant NPCs. It's basically everything fans feared when the changes were first announced, and proof perfect of how difficult it is to make a truly worthwhile open world game. Amusingly, the upcoming strategic expansion Empires was recently confirmed to be ditching the open world elements, which is really all that needs to be said about how egregiously they failed here. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax. With their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs, you can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. 